Hello Spectrumites and other people. My name is Forrest and welcome to the Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. The podcast for you to learn about the autism spectrum, learn what it's like for someone like me to live on the spectrum, and what marriage is like between two people on the spectrum. Hello everybody and welcome to the recap episode of the Pancake King, Life and Marriage on the Spectrum. As the pre-recorded intro at the beginning says, I am Forrest. With me is KG. Sup? And uh, also with me is Blade. Greetings. So, this is the recap episode, just like we did in the first season, and that means we kind of go over some of the topics that was uh, discussed in this season of The Pancake King, to kind of go over those things again, bring everything full circle, and then you get the season finale next week, which is uh, up close and personal and solo. (laughs) So, uh, with that being said... Uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to go over um, one of the major recurring themes in this season. And um, the key word for that was change, because Spectrumites uh, oftentimes uh, struggle to adapt to change. Or, yeah. We hate it. We hate it. We, We struggle with change. We struggle to adapt to things that change beyond our control because we usually have our own rigid routines and schedules and preferences and uh, stuff like that. So in the first episode of the season, uh, I was talking about how we can't stop change, but Spectrumites can in fact adapt. And what was kind of nice is that throughout the season, uh, I was sort of able to weave um that together talking about just change in general but also the fact that uh kg and i uh moved um during the course of this season we uh moved to a different place and everything that's arguably better and um has improved our lives in more ways than one the the funny thing about that particular change though is that that was entirely within our control yes and um although the the process felt out of control the process uh, absolutely felt out of control um and my mom had to come help us because we were like what do we start with (laughs) right 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 so blade you like to name your seasons in life you know different names and so there was one that uh was called season of change uh can you describe how how much of that change was beyond your control and how much of it was within your control let's see here so uh, that season of change for me was when most of my family ditched me in Illinois. Oh, they did. To- <laughs> they they left Illinois like they should have. Yes. <laughs> and went to a wonderful state called Wisconsin. And then I moved in, I moved in with my roommate, uh, a good friend of ours. And that was a bit more in my control, but... A bit more. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was still a new experience. Oh, yeah. Um... Oh, yeah, and then I got a new job during that time as well. Or shortly thereafter. Shortly mm-hmm. thereafter, mm-hmm. I got a new job. Yeah, so big changes. Is it easier for you to accept changes when they're within your control? Of say course. Yes. I was about to say, of say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting because change is just something that is harder for Spectrum Ice to accept because they have their minds wired in such a way where they create their own routine. They basically create their own set of ground rules mm-hmm. in life. Like, I go I go to this place to shop. I go here 
And so, I always have to tell her, stop shopping there. <laughs> there are other places where the same exact stuff is cheaper. You, but, go, you get what I mean. Like, yeah. We have specifically, we have our places we go to every single time. I tell Blade, stop shopping at, at Target. <laughs> <laughs> For groceries, I mean. <laughs> Um, actually, that's kind of, that's kind of funny how I've set my mind in such a way where there are specific places I go to, and if anyone else goes anywhere else, <laughs> that's just, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that specifically all the time. <laughs> Why'd you look I, at me? Why'd you look I, at me? No, I was just doing that, yeah, that head bob, you uh -huh. know, when you say all uh -huh. the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I see how it is. It, it's something that, uh, like, it. It baffles my mind, and I know it baffles. I know it baffles your mind. Yes. You know, there are things that I do that just makes you go, "Why, though?" Or how does how does Terry Crews say it in Brooklyn Nine Nine? Why? <laughs> um, Mister, I, I put my medicine in the fridge for three hours. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can I can never be allowed to handle medication no. ever again. They've already exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Mister, let me let me put my let me put, I had to pay thirteen I had to pay thirteen bucks out of pocket for it while uh, my health care paid for the rest and uh, I just exploded it. Mister, I'm so. gonna keep this bottle of medicine inside of my hoodie pocket right next to my body and oh it exploded. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> And then I put it in the fridge, hoping that it would maybe help things a little bit. And then I yelled at him, because why? They could be extremely ineffective by now. <laughs> Who knows? We will know soon, once you're done taking it. This is one of the reasons why I feel like there's a disconnect between human logic and autism. Because, like, we always love to, uh, we pride ourselves on the autism spectrum. We pride ourselves on thinking more logically. But what's logical about putting medication in the fridge thinking, this will help? <laughs> well, you were, raised in a, you were raised in a family that had a medical specialist as part of it. What does that got anything to do with it? I know how to handle it. Oh, you're, you're talking yeah. about yourself. Because yes. there's no medical specialist in my family. That's why I said you weren't raised in a family with a medical specialist. I was. I know how to handle medicine. <laughs> to be fair, his logic is sound. Oh, it got too warm? Okay, let me make it cold. It is Blade, logical. if that is the extent of your logic... I do not know where you'll be in the next 10 years. Probably <laughs> no, he's dead. Talking about you. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying there was a thread of thought and logic to it. There was a thread it. of thought. It was just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was wrong and there wasn't much to it. There wasn't much to it. If, the, if, the, if it exploded while it was hot, it will definitely not work if it's cold. <laughs> Yeah, so there were several aspects this season where uh, I talked about change, like changes through diagnosis. What is the new normal after you get diagnosed? Um, KG, in the case of... I know that we talked about this previously in an episode where when you were diagnosed, one of the very first things that you knew was that you didn't want that to change the way that you're um, accommodated for, like in school. Yeah, I mean... There was some original push for me to get accommodation in middle school, but I never, I didn't think that it was working right. I never felt like it was proper, properly implemented. So by high school, I was just like, you know what? No accommodation. Let's just see what happens. I think I'm good enough to handle it on my own. And you passed. I did. <laughs> I had friends. I got to go to the library wherever I wanted. That was like the only accommodation I had was this unlimited pass to go to the library after lunch. Before, before I went back to my class. You wouldn't understand this. Blade would understand this. You know, when you're in lunch, there's like 
Are you talking about public school? Yes. Yeah, I don't know crap about that. So you, I, just, you just stay out I'm of this. I'm a homeschooled. <laughs> I'm a homeschooled Christian boy who uh, stayed at home reading his Bible and drinking milk. Anyway, <laughs> that was how, the, like, how exciting my life you was. Know how, like in the lunchroom, like there's like hundreds of people at once. Oh, yeah. at, at once, so like no one's gonna notice if someone like leaves, or if someone does leave, they assume oh they're just going back to class or they're just going to the bathroom. So it was much easier for me to just slip away, go upstairs to the library, and just hang out there until it was time for me to go back to class. Huh. Whereas, so it was an accommodation that didn't, like, make me stand out. And I, and I was fine with that. As she wanted. Yeah, that's what I wanted. I didn't want to stand out with accommodations, and so that was really the only thing. Yeah, the, I had a similar story on mm-hmm. accommodations for myself, except for me, the main accommodation was, oh, you can go off to a room by yourself to, to be... To take a test, and I'm like, that's quiet here, and I don't necessarily need to leave to take it. I yeah, what, what's the problem with being surrounded by other people taking the exact same test as you? In a quiet room. Yeah, as someone yeah. who did not go to public school, I do not understand this. I don't understand it either, but maybe maybe it's like a social social anxiety thing. Maybe they feel more pressure because they think maybe it's just like... Next person's doing better than me. I don't see anything, but I bet you they're doing better. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, and in all seriousness, in the back of your mind, if you're only halfway through the test and you see someone get up to turn it in, that does that that can affect your thinking a little bit. Because then you're like, yeah. wait, should I be done already? I, or are they yeah. just you know really exceptionally smart? Does know, that mean I'm not? You know what's you know what's sad though? I was the person getting up already halfway <laughs> to turn it in. And the funny thing is, I was one of the last. In college, uh, when I would uh, take a test in the same room as everyone else, I would watch people go up, submit their tests, walk out. And I think I, like, managed to just, like, scramble to get to the end so that I was maybe the next to last. <laughs> no, but that was about as far... Last. Yeah. If you're, if you're last, that means you're not smart. <laughs> that, Great. I don't make Confessions noise. from KG here. The, the we all learned episode. that in public school. That we're not smart? <laughs> no, no, if you're the last one. Yes, oh, we, we public yeah. school people know that. That was just the rules. Well, as they say, first shall be last, last shall be first, and therefore I am the first. <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep at night. It was uh, mm-hmm. one, com- one accommodation I had that... It really I- doesn't, actually. <laughs> I still struggle with that. But. There was one accommodation I had in, in high school that maybe lasted like less than a week. Where I was having problems with noise sensitivity in the locker room. I'm sure you understand why. Yeah. Um, so I went to my counselor and I'm like, hey, is it possible for me to like... And we discussed this with my mom and her and they, we just come to the agreement like, hey, maybe we, we could... Uh, I could uh, get out of class like maybe two or three minutes early so I could, you know, change and then be out before everyone else gets in. But then... And then it, it worked like once. Then the next time I went to do it, I had someone say... I had someone ask me, why do you get to leave early? And I'm just like, abort, abort, <laughs> abort. <laughs> I've been had. I've been spotted. Metal Gear Solid noise pops up. Don't change it. Don't change it. <laughs> There's a reason. Yeah, Metal okay. Gear Solid noise pops up. And I went to my counselor like, um, it's okay. I don't need it. I'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, the library was like the only major accommodation I had. Yeah. Um, I did not have accommodations in school because I was homeschooled. You didn't need to. The accommodation was the fact that instead of uh, getting in trouble through your teacher to your mom, you can just get directly in trouble (laughs) with your mom. Cut out the middleman. (laughs) Yeah, right. You cut out the person that's standing between you and your mom. Your mom told told me when I was asking her questions about... Oh, that sounds scary. About... Because my... 
my cousin is homeschooled and he was just recently um diagnosed with autism and yeah so, i actually wanted to get to that part and so i was uh asking her as a favor to the tu- to the tu- to the person who tutors him um like asking her okay you homeschooled two autistic boys how did what were some of the strategies you had and she was like well i let him have a snack sometimes when he was ha- during the lessons because so he would pay attention yeah i remember having snacks when i was cranky too <laughs> it always lowered my autism levels by a few decibels <laughs> <laughs> or how she would have your brother like get up and um move around, move around if he needed to. Like when he walked around nonstop in the theater when we went to go see the Polar Express. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, relationship building between a parent and an autistic child. I kinda get into this in this uh season, especially when I did an episode after your cousin was diagnosed on the autism spectrum, I'm like, well, this is good timing to do an episode about how parents can better um, equip themselves to have a stable relationship with their autistic child. How do you communicate with your autistic child? How can you kind of like be on the same page with each other? And it, it, it really is all in the communication, uh, the, you know, being patient, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and giving your child some agency yeah you know some agency over things giving them options now it's not the most exclusive uh autistic uh scenario to give the child a little bit more agency blade and i learned this uh, when we're in uh royal family kids volunteering Mm -hmm. and um that's one of the strategies that's uh, taught to us is giving the child a bit more agency so you give them two options now both options in the end get you what you want mm-hmm. but it gives the it makes the child feel like he has a bit more freedom in what he wants even mm-hmm. if it's not the full extent of what he wants it's still better than nothing yeah and you got to meet my cousin when he came up when he came up to visit yeah for a day and a half before i went down with an insane fever linked to uh, infection so yeah, yeah <laughs> great non-contagious infection yeah um so that was cut short brutally yeah uh, you didn't you didn't even get to show him return of the jedi in the end you stopped after empire him, strikes back <laughs> i told him he would do it after he i would told him he would show him after he came back but i had to take care of you and grandma and uh, my grandma, who came up with him, uh, was very insistent that I stay home with you. Yes. Mm. Yes. Not that I needed it. I was too busy watching Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Which I finished. <laughs> um, so that w- but with like w- with your cousin, though, we kind of saw some of those autistic traits, meaning he was like obnoxious AF. And I mean that in kind of I mean that in kind and, terms. Yes. Like he was he's very hyperactive. Yeah. Like a lot of the jokes that I said, he didn't get, <laughs> which I thought was really uh, which I thought was really funny. Although we did make a joke together where we're like, where we, where we made a joke like this is a pinky promise. You can't break a pinky promise. Otherwise, the world will be destroyed. And he's like, no, it won't. And like, yeah. Yes, it will. Yes, it will, kid. <laughs> That's why you. Can and by it. world being destroyed, we mean your world. <laughs> but no, you made lots of jokes that he didn't get. Um, he w- again, he's very hyperactive, um, very, very much a talker. Because mm-hmm. I, because I was like, asking my grandma this, like, I was like, but I was hyperactive when I was younger. Isn't that what? Why isn't? Why isn't that different from what he has? And she's like, well, you didn't talk. <laughs> you, you didn't talk which made you like less annoying <laughs> but, yeah but that was uh that was kind of an interesting time mm-hmm. i will never have mcdonald's and steak and shake two days in a row ever again <laughs> and uh he had very he had tics where he mm-hmm. liked to kind of like to 
very physical, very physical. like very physical and very repetitive. Yeah. At Which one point, normal. accidentally slapping you in the face. It was an accident. And actually, yeah, that was actually one moment where I kind of like sat up and went, "Okay, so here's the thing, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who you are. I don't like you slapping my wife in the face. It was an accident, and you know it. <laughs> oh, I know. But does that make an excuse? <laughs> if our child. Um, slaps me in the face will you do that oh that kid would be in the corner <laughs> nose just against uh, the wall firmly planted firmly <laughs> plant the nose in the wall <laughs> firmly <laughs> plant it <laughs> but no, he was a firmly sp- plant it just face plants <laughs> no. <laughs> no i'm kidding i need to i need to wind, wind it down so I haven't really been talking about this much um, while doing this season, but I actually kind of got around to sitting down and uh, writing stand-up jokes, and mm-hmm. a lot of them are related to the autism spectrum, which is pretty funny. Yes. Uh, I- I've never heard a stand-up comedian that talks extensively you, uh, about autism jokes. I'm not going to share any of them here. Aww. You'll have to wait till next season. This little, is a recap. Uh, little, little teaser. Yeah. This is a recap episode, and we didn't, yes. we're not recapping that. This is about, that's... right, because it didn't happen well, you yes. had publicly. A, you had an absolute gem of a joke in there. <laughs> oh, I know. That will be next season. It's a little tease for the future. But we're here to talk about the past, not the future. <laughs> Yes. Politics in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that I uh, kind of covered in this season um, was this. I just wrote this note as a question. Who won the homeschool war between my mom and I? The answer is me, obviously. No, the answer is my mom because uh, she was really good at uh, homeschooling me. Um, there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of struggles. We had a lot of fights. I don't think there's ever been anyone who's fought his mom more than me. <laughs> but um. She was talking about that when I was talking with her, like how she had to learn your language, figure out how to get you to do what she wanted you to do without you shutting down. Yeah, fist, fisticuffs were involved. <laughs> the, the way she put it is that... Um, is that if you if you try if you tried to be like super like authoritative about it like you need do your math homework mm-hmm. then you would just shut down and get really defensive but if she would be like hey i noticed that you didn't do your math homework were you going to do this now or did you want to do it after a snack basically basically one of the best things that you can do as a parent is to not be a dick tater nice <laughs> 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 so what you're saying is that our, our parenting needs more democracy in it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, it does need more democracy. There's too much dictatorship involved here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, so so give, the, give, chi- give the child more choices. Yeah, yeah, that was something that we kind of uh, covered in the uh, parenting aspect of things. Um, it even happens with us, you and me in the marriage. Yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah which one of us has more agency? Let's find out right now. No, I mean, just like, I mean, like, if you you can come up to me and it's like, hey, I want to show you something. Can I show it? Uh, can I? At first, you like you were like invading my space. I'm always immediate. Like, I'm always very immediate about it. It's like yeah. I want to show you something, and I want to show you right now. Sit down and let's use up twenty minutes of your time. <laughs> <laughs> and now, and most of the time, I'll just be sitting there like. Very stoic. Yeah, very stoic face. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, we, but we eventually learned that, hey, if he come, instead of doing that, what he can do is come up to me and like, hey, I want to show you something. Can I show it to you in like five minutes? And I'd be like, uh, sure. Or I might say, actually, I think I need 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. She doesn't like uh, things being just kind of dropped in her lap like that. I don't like last minute things. Or yeah, last that, minute things after thoughts. That's a change and yeah. something I cannot control. Right. Winding <laughs> <laughs> it back. This has been dictated like right now, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, but that's it's actually kind of kind of been interesting to transition into that sort of uh mindset because that was something we that was something we really struggled with at the, at the beginning mm-hmm. like it was bad yeah um making notes for myself later in life <laughs> later in life when <laughs> i have a woman <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> although but y- you have no idea if you might get like an autistic woman or a neurotypical woman maybe she's a lot more uh sporadic yeah, yeah or no 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 not sporadic excuse me spontaneous yeah but yeah. even so, if that's what he needs, then he can properly explain it to her. Yeah. Is that something that you would need? Uh, I'm not very spontaneous. But then again, I don't feel like I at least as badly encompass that autistic yeah, trait as normal. Yeah, I was about to say, you're pretty good at making last-minute plans. For the most part. I mean, <laughs> I, I still kind of fall in that camp of like, hold on, I'd like at least to know the day before. I'm kind of right, more like right. that. Like, mm-hmm. I like knowing what I'm doing tomorrow. Or at least having a good plan of it. Like, if your family lived across the street, like, everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> and, um, and, and your mom, like, came over um, unannounced sometimes. Would, like, would, would you be okay with that? For the most part? It would really kind of be like, <laughs> for me, it'd be kind I of like... I would not. I would not. Well, see, I, I'm on very good terms with my mom, so I think I'd be okay with that. Now, if it was, like, a cousin, I was like, ah, they're okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Cousins are okay. You know, that that would probably bother me more. I barely know my cousins, so yeah, I would be a little bit miffed if one of them just showed up at my door one day unannounced. I don't know how they would know. We don't even know where I I don't even know where my cousins are in the country right now. Like that's how if they're even in the country. That's, I know they at least I know they at least are. I know that much. Uh, I get to see my uh, aunt after like maybe fifteen years uh, in a couple months. So that'll be that'll be new. Um I, I know don't see I don't see Half of my cousins, and they live around here, and then the other half... Isn't that weird? And then the other yeah. half live in Missouri. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know my cousins much. But I even thought about this, because I'm, I'm thinking about trying to get help my uh, brothers uh, move in next door, because the space will be empty. And if that works out... I will tell them, please don't come knocking on my door unannounced. Please text me ahead of time. <laughs> I will tell them that. So there, because I, like, I, I like I like that feeling of privacy and knowing mm-hmm. ahead of time. Now I'm a little bit more um, spontaneous uh, than you are because you will you will ask me if I tell you. I don't want to tell you anymore whether or not <laughs> I'm hanging out with my friends on a particular day because you will ask me five times. Um, what time are they coming? Where are you guys going? What will you guys be doing? How long do you think it'll be? And it doesn't even matter. Like, you, you don't have any, like, specific plans after that. You just want to know these things. And I say, we, we'll go to Culver's and sit there for, like, three hours. We don't know what we're doing most of the time. And I don't know what that says about our lives. <laughs> that we have that much time on our hands. I just but... like to know these things. Yes, but sometimes you just... 
can't I know. because I don't. I know, and it's hard because I do. Like <laughs> it's to a know. hard life. <laughs> You're just like, but I need answers. Yeah. I don't need to sleep. I need answers. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I need to know these things so that I can continue doing exactly what I've been doing all day without interruption. <laughs> that's the, that's the key word there, without interruption. No, but it doesn't. Um, I meant that as in like where wherever we go, you'll still just be doing what you do yes, anyway. Like alone. it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> There's the key word there, alone. Yeah, we need to move on from this part, although this is my favorite part in the episode so far, because we're resolving things, we're healing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we did cover at one point in this episode, and this was kind of a one-off, but we did talk about the the rise of chat GPT and what that means for how we gain information about the things that we research. We used chat GPT, you and I, KG, uh, to talk about... Um, like, what can ChatGPT tell us about autism? Well, clearly nothing since 2021, because that's where, like, its limits of uh, information ends. Yep. I, that's so useless to me. If ChatGPT can only go as far as 2021, that's still an entire year and a half. You couldn't ask ChatGPT anything about uh, the war in Ukraine. Like, think about it. You, <laughs> oh, couldn't yeah. a- you couldn't ask ChatGPT a single thing about that because it wouldn't be able to tell you. Not it's yet. Like, it's like the Internet Explorer meme. <laughs> yeah where it, was, where it's always, it only goes so far where where like no like you'll get like a notification from internet explorer saying uh like this happened but it was five years ago <laughs> right right <laughs> because it's because of how slow the internet speeds are now here's the thing i use chat gbt you don't use chat gbt i couldn't even like i don't know if you would use ai software a lot of the time or ai technology i'm kind of into it partially because there's no way to stop it <laughs> <laughs> Might as well, uh, might as well um, submit to our AI overlords because they're already here and they're listening. Well, you know what? With the internet, when there's a great new dangerous technology, I avoid maybe, it at all costs. It may become <laughs> dangerous, but at the very least, for a little while, there'll be great tomfoolery. Uh, yeah, it's it's great and it's all good fun until legislation is passed on it, <laughs> and oh. then the limits are placed. <laughs> the limits are placed and the restrictions are placed, and then it's not fun anymore. They've tried to regulate the internet for decades, and they still haven't been able to do it. Do you think they'll be able to do that with this? Now, not until not until a lot of people die. Yes, that's right. That's true. Many of you will die, but that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make <laughs> to put restrictions on this thing. Um, but by, but by, the fu- the t- by the time the restrictions happen, would it, would the AI have? Become- it will already advance past that point. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Then maybe we should ask ChatGPT how we should regulate it. Oh, that's a good. That's a good idea. We'll, we'll beat the AI its own idea. game. Yeah, but right. What if, but right. what if by but what if by doing that we actually make it so that it'll become unregulated? What if it's all a trick? Mm. This is stupid. I'm moving on to the next. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> So, um, this was another one-off, one-off episode that I thought was kind of fun. I did want to insert a couple more pop culture references this season and, uh, in terms of, uh, how it covered the autism spectrum, but all three of us saw season two of Star Wars, The Bad Batch, and there was an episode that didn't say explicitly that Tech has, uh, autism, but it was pretty clear through his dialogue and it's pretty clear through his characteristics that he most definitely has it. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. Now massive spoiler if you have not watched the bad batch season two yet you better skip at least the i don't know the next two minutes or something 
but Tech died at the end of the season. We lost our representation. And I, yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's like, it's that joke, it's that running joke in the 70s and 80s where in a horror movie, the black guy is always the first one that dies, and now it's down to us autistic people. We're always the first ones to go. We're in the sample size of one. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, as far as I know, no one else in the group is unique in any way. <laughs> At least not on the same level as something like autism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like Wrecker is big and strong, and Crossfire is a crosshair. Ed- uh, cross I don't know why I said Crossfire. And Crosshair is edgy and skinny, <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he's a good sharpshooter. And but Hunter, Hunter. And, and Hunter is uh, the dad. The yeah, <laughs> he's just the leader of the A team. Uh, so, in all seriousness, though, I really do hope that we kind of see a continuing trend with that. Yeah. You don't have to tell me that the character specifically is on the autism spectrum. Just give me characters that I can relate to better. Yeah. You know, when Tex says that line, when he says, I may not think and feel things the same way as you, but that doesn't mean I feel them any less. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's a great line. And I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the most telling line about where he is mentally. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed that. So what other pop culture... Thing. I mean, I mentioned stuff like uh, the show Atypical, which neither of you watched, and I didn't watch past the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. There was also um, there was also uh, the guy from Big Bang Theory. My Sheldon. God, what's his name? Sheldon. Thank you. Like oh, yeah. where he kind of is pretty obviously on the autism spectrum, but the show never necessarily addresses it. Nope. So there was another thing that I covered in uh, the season, and that is how autism impacts our relationship with faith. Now, this is kind of more on the Christian side of things, but I, I did cover an entire episode where I talked about my relationship with the Christian faith on the spectrum. How Does autism affect that at all? And I actually started, I finished of Boys and Men last night. Oh, okay. And I started reading another book uh, that I got for my birthday recently called Blessed Are the Misfits by Brent Hansen. Brent Hansen is a Christian autistic guy. And uh, this book is basically, uh, it's really great so far. And in fact, he dedicates an entire chapter to autism, um, where this entire book is about basically being an encouragement to you. If you are someone who has not had the same spiritual experiences as the people around you in church, like you don't get really emotional during worship, you you feel like you're terrible at praying. And not only that, you don't feel like praying most of the time. You don't get the urge to raise your hands. You don't get the urge to raise your hands or get really physical and, and stuff like that. This book is basically an encouragement saying, no, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. Or oh, that, good. Yes, <laughs> yeah. thank God. That's a relief for all three of us. <laughs> um, because I'll, I'll tell you, I, I have spent the majority of my life, um, I'm very stoic during worship. You don't sing at all, I noticed. I can at least yeah. get into the song. Yeah, I know that you can at least get into the song. But my mind wanders. Yeah, my mind wanders too during worship. And I usually look around at everybody in in the sanctuary and they're doing all their physical things. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it with these people. Like, I don't know what they're feeling because I don't feel anything. This may sound blasphemous, but my inner thoughts are... That looks silly. <laughs> yeah. I know um, blasphemy. I know. I know. Uh, it, it's kind of funny too because um, the the book also says like if you're a, like an autistic introvert, especially he mentions ooh, introvertness. Ooh, that's me. Yeah. Uh, he, maybe I'll just read the book to you someday. But it's uh, it's great. But it's basically like 
as an introvert on the autism spectrum, that is who Brant is. And he talks about uh, his struggles with ever, like, feeling things Mm -hmm. when it comes to God and when it comes to faith. Um, You know, like, kind of making you a misfit in other people's eyes. This book is about encouraging you to say that um, that doesn't make you, like, bad. That doesn't mean that God doesn't love you back or anything like that. And I only just now started it, so... Um, I can't say for sure what I think of the book as a whole, but I'm really glad that a book like that exists. Mm-hmm. There's a part in the book, Blessed Are the Misfits, where uh, Brandt describes a time when he was 18 where he was in sitting in a small group. And the small group leader was asking something along the lines of, you know, like, who wants to really feel God's presence? Like, who feels like they need a God to just break through your wall of resistance and um, and feel the love of God and feel his presence? And and Brant's kind of like, uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I'm <laughs> one of those guys who would who would like that. So a group of guys surround him and they pray over him and they're really intense about it, but they're also getting kind of frustrated that nothing seems to be happening. Um, and Brandt is like, he has his eyes closed and he's thinking and he's thinking in his mind, you know, yes, Lord, please, uh, um, please break through. Let me, I want to feel your presence. I want to feel your love and that sort of thing. And he just, and even in the end, he still didn't feel anything. And he says that to this day, it's still like that. Like mm-hmm. this isn't a book where, this isn't a book where, where once I didn't feel anything, now I feel everything. It's just a book where it's like, nope, this has been me my whole life, and let me talk about it. Um, so the next topic, um, I think it was like the last one that I really covered, because I kind of made it thematic in the last couple episodes, but it's about the people in history that make up our understanding of autism. So I covered people like Hans Asberger, Temple Grandin, John Elder Robinson, you know, people who mm-hmm. were... John Elder Robinson, um, people who were either autistic um, or explored um, autism and what it is and everything. What did and John Elder Robinson do? He uh, he's uh, on the autism spectrum too. Actually, he, what's kind of funny is he he worked for bands like Pink Floyd and oh, stuff like that. Oh. So like he actually. Um, he became like a, I think it was like a sound engineer for, mm. for them and a sound guy basically. Uh, but he is on the autism spectrum as well. Um, and he wrote a book called look me in the eye. Um, and, uh, I only read half of it. I'll be honest. Like I only read half of it when my parents gave it to me when I was young. Um, I'd probably try reading it again, but he's on the autism spectrum and he has helped, uh, people better understand the autism spectrum and what it is because when he was diagnosed that was like back in the 70s when it was not nearly as well understood as it, as it is now it was called asperger's at the time um and even though the funny thing is even though uh he was basically given asperger's he was on a bit of a lower functioning uh side of autism and then we have hans asperger who wasn't um autistic at all he was just a nazi no, i'm kidding like he wasn't a nazi straight up but he was someone who worked under the uh nazi regime in germany back in the 40s and did um all this research of uh, with uh, children that essentially pointed to this um this new mental mindset because before then autism was basically lumped into the same category as schizophrenia you know, oh, which is yeah. what, much more extreme. And that's why they were institutionalized. Yep. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, the tragic part. So mm-hmm. obviously I, I don't endorse, you know, like all of the things that Hans Asberger did. He wasn't someone who like really supported the Nazis. He was just someone who kind of kept his 
head down and didn't really say anything and just tried to do his work and his research while happening to live under that regime. And I guess you can make the argument over whether or not he should have been better than this. He should have made better decisions. Obviously, some of the things that he did to help the Nazis um, was a massive harm to other people. And that's something to, that's something to remember. Um, it, it's a sad story. I'm not going to lie. And it was kind of hard to, it was kind of hard to cover that episode. We learned about that, uh, from extraordinary attorney Wu, yeah. which, um, if you guys aren't listening to that bonus show where, uh, KG and I are recording every episode, you should become a paid subscriber on my, uh, on my Substack, thepancakeking.substack.com, yeah, the f- and you'd be able to hear about that. Yeah, that was the first thing, first time I ever heard about that. And it was really yeah. like really introspective of the character to talk about it and how she was like... 40 years, like, what was it, 80 years ago, mm-hmm. we would have cons- been considered not needed to live. Yeah, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it was pretty terrible. And then you got to meet Temple Grand, and we covered that in a yes, previous episode. Yes, but I episode. remember absolutely nothing of the meeting, because apparently uh-huh. I blocked out of my head, because uh-huh. I was so nervous. Yeah, right. I only know that I did, because my mom tells me I did. <laughs> <laughs> Pictures or it didn't happen. <laughs> well, I have, a maybe. Signed, I have a signed book, so that does that, is that enough proof? Maybe mm. in a few... Maybe in a few years from uh, from now, you'll have to remind me. I met this one particular guy at a political rally and go, "I did." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was so giddy, and I and I was so giddy, and it was so hard for me to talk. And I got a book signed too. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you were so. excited. I was nervous. There's, mm, there's a I was extremely nervous too. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like, so um, speaking of historical people, do you guys know any other like historical people that people think might have been autistic, like Mozart? No, although I've I've heard arguments for Thomas Edison. Yeah, people like Thomas Edison. Mozart definitely because of how advanced he was and able to write music at a young age. Mm-hmm. I, there's no examples like in the off the top of my head, just because like the like relatively speaking, just even like even if we go all the way back to Asperger, this is still relatively new, and it's only even within like our lifetimes yeah, that but- it's really been like looked into and like yeah, looked into but that doesn't mean they didn't exist before then well what, what makes that hard though is that you have to read into the mm-hmm. writing and since people back then like writing were like yeah this guy's kind of odd mm-hmm. well how are we as you know modern artists supposed to read about read into that because well, there's a lot of reasons someone could be i'm reminded of the story i forget the the greek name but it, it was a mathematician a greek mathematician he basically mm-hmm. invented like calculus i think or something oh, like okay. that but apparently he was able to figure out calculus while he was in the bathtub and he immediately like jumped out of the bathtub and went eureka and yeah. went eureka that guy went mm-hmm. eureka and like <laughs> ran through the streets to like draw to start just drawing everywhere and apparently when the hut the huts or whoever invaded greek at one point when they got when they got invaded it doesn't sound right when you say the huts <laughs> no, like, i'm just trying to think of who would try to invade Greece? A lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of different people. Pick anyone. <laughs> when someone invaded Greece, um, I think it was Athens. Um, he was drawing circles in the in the ground. Or and, oh, I know who you're talking about. This was this would have been in Sicily. The Romans were invading Sicily, and this guy was remembered as one of them that made like a uh, basically a giant magnifying glass would burn ships alive and argument argument or something like yes, that yes uh, 
Archimedes? Archimedes, yeah. Yes, because the the famous story is that he's basically in his room, like, writing calculations. And two Roman... I I heard it was in the dust, like, by a fountain. Well, either way, some Roman soldiers come to kill him, and he's like, don't disturb my... My My circles. Don't touch my circles. Yeah, basically. (laughs) He's just like, all right. (laughs) Like... And th- this is, of course, kind of more legend because it was so old. But right. that- that's at least how the legend kind of goes. But, but I remember reading a post about that and people were like, he sounds very, like, autistic. Like, don't touch my circles. Yeah. <laughs> or and just getting up out of the bathtub to, to write stuff, stuff down because he literally thought of it. Well, and this is kind of the interesting thing about, about history because, like, for example, like, a lot of people suspect Frederick the Great of Prussia was very likely gay. Oh. But... They wouldn't have used that terminology back then, like how Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have used autistic terminology all the way back then for Archimedes. So it's kind of one of those things, like, you really have to read between the lines. And even Mm -hmm. though we have a lot more records on, like, Frederick the Great, for example, it's still hard to make that deduction. So it's kind of interesting to kind of theorycraft things. Although the the death ray thing was myth-busted, so... Oh, really? They did the very first, I think, no, it wasn't the first episode, but one of the episodes, they found the myth... And they tried, and they recreated it, and they realized, yeah, this this is this isn't true because there was even this famous this famous scene of uh, Jamie, one of the hosts, standing in the middle of the death ray, and like, okay, I'm being cooked alive, nothing's happening. <laughs> uh, I did. I actually, there is actually someone, although it, it is based purely on speculation. But I did mention in the episode this season about um, my relationship with the Christian faith that uh, Matthew, the gospel writer, might have been autistic. The Chosen series, uh, you know, theorizes so. Yeah, and uh, how you write. Yeah, it did mm-hmm. a it did a really really good job um, getting that point across, and it was very well done. I recommend it. Because if you compare the Gospels, Matthew was very like logical. I think he has the one with all the genealogies in it. Yeah. So he was. So that's. Oh, so you mean it was the most boring gospel <laughs> out of all of them? <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't that make sense if someone who's obsessed <laughs> with genealogies? Uh, yeah, he, right. He's making the case to the Jews why Jesus is descended that's from David. That's a lot of research to do to figure that mm-hmm. out. But you know what? He makes a compelling case. You can't argue with him. That means it was it's okay. true. But anyway, just like he was very logical, oh, yeah. very, very like matter of fact. This is what happened. There's no like flavor sprinkled into it compared to like John. Yeah. So to wrap up this episode, uh, since we have to wrap up, if you um, are not a subscriber on my Substack uh, already or haven't upgraded um, to the paid subscriber level, it is thepancakeking.substack.com. And yes, this season is wrapping up, but the reviews for Extraordinary Attorney Wu will continue on until we're done with this season. I want to thank KG and I want to thank Blade for being a part of this episode. And I will see you in the season finale to wrap this up next week. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast, write a review to help the show grow, and subscribe to my Substack at thepancakeking.substack.com to receive updates on new podcast episodes, a new blog post every Saturday, and other content I may put out. You can also check out the entertainment me, KG, and my friends make together on our YouTube channel, Vanzot Productions. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>